and welcome back to the Villa Filler podcast. I'm here, as always, with my good friend Dan Morseman. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm doing good, mate. There's a lot of things to be excited about, to say the least, since we've last spoken. The kit has been released officially. You know, people can get their hands on that now. Uh, plenty of transfer rumours again, which is why we're back with another transfer rumour mill podcast we're going to try and keep these ones short it seems like you guys really enjoyed the last one and it's got over 2,000 views which we've not done for a while so we'd like to really thank you guys for that and uh, we reached 1,900 subscribers as well so as me and Dan did say in the last podcast uh, before you know for when the season starts and stuff we're going to try and set uh, what we think is a realistic subscriber goal to reach by the end of the season and if we reach that we will be giving away a shirt to you guys um, but more details on that will come in the future before we get into the transfer stuff, Dan, I would like to touch on a man whose shirt is behind me. I thought I'd decorate uh, the backdrop today. James Chester has left the club. Uh, I'd just like to give a shout out to James Chester. Man, you know, we wouldn't be where we are now without that man. 113 consecutive appearances, which is just colossal, really. Uh, and, you know, when you think about what this man has done for the club, putting his body on the line, uh, being the only fit centre half to play, uh, he's a man that, you know, I hope Villa fans don't forget about too quickly for everything he's done for the club, Dan. No, he's he's uh, I love Chelsea man. Um, one of my favourite players I've ever seen play for the club. Um, for me, Chelsea was a turning point um, when we when we signed him because you know he really stopped the rut when um, you know we went down and we had so many players that just didn't seem to care too much for the club, had the completely wrong attitude. You know, if, you, if you're looking specifically at centre-backs to go from the likes of, of Richards and, and, and Lescott to someone like Chez, you know, he, he brought the professionalism back to the club. He, you know, he, he brought, he was a true Rolls-Royce uh, centre-half and it's only now, uh, I mean, obviously it was amazing at the time, but you only look, look back at it now and realise how, how ludicrous that partnership with with John Terry was in the yeah. championship, um, and yeah, no, he, he was a, an absolute um, gem, uh, such a good player to watch, uh, worth every penny. And yeah, you know, he he really, um, really put his career on, on the line to, to play through those injuries for us. And um, yeah, I was so happy that when we got promoted, he was able to go up there and, and lift the trophy alongside Jack because you know it's been, it's been as much his journey uh, as anyone else's at the club and. Um, yeah, JT always shouts him out as well as one of the best centre halves that he saw at his time at Villa. Calls him a Rolls Royce too, which tells you everything to know from a, from a centre back of that ilk. Um, yeah, I wish, wish him all the best at Stoke, mate. I've got a, um, a mate who's who's a Stoke fan and said that the performances were a little hit and miss, but that's a res, as a result of playing for that injury. So you know, I, I wish him all the best at, at that club, man. And um, yeah, I hope hopefully he can uh, get some good good games out of the twilight days of his career. Absolutely. I think Stoke's a good move for him. So, you know, all the best, Chesley, as we've said. Uh, now we'll get into the transfers, Dan, because there's been a few. It's been pretty quiet in terms of, obviously, people who are signing yet. We've not had really any incomings, uh, apart from the women's team, which I think we should give a shout out for. Amazing recruitment that, that has been yeah. going on there. I can't claim to be uh, a women's football expert, but, you know, we're signing players from here, there and everywhere. Uh, and from what I'm reading from other Villa content, they've been good signings. So shout out to the ladies because, you know, a signing's a signing. We've got to get excited about it. I like to see that the club are promoting it on the official social media as well. It's good to see that kind of synergy between the two teams. Uh, but we are here today to talk about the signings for the men's team. Uh, the rumours and that, obviously, this is, this is the Transfer Rumour Mill show. And I think the one that has been on, you know, the, the tip of every Villa fan's tongue, Dan, 
is Milot Rashitsa from Werder Bremen, Kosvonian International. I think we may have touched on him in the last podcast. And he's one that hasn't really gone away since January, has he, Dan? It, it, it's been kind of here and there. Um, and there's been negotiations with the likes of Leipzig, which have fallen apart. He's been linked with Monaco, uh, even as close as Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, I mean, I think this is a really important deal, Dan, that Villa really needs to get done. Yeah, mate, he, he, he's a must. Um, he fits the bill perfectly in terms of what we're looking for. Um, you know, he, he's a right-footed left winger, so he's, he's one of those inverted wingers, which, which seems to be the norm nowadays. Uh, just 24 years of, uh, years old, eight goals, seven assists in, in the Bundesliga, um, which is, you know, a road of Bremen side that finished 16th in the league. You know, he was their Jack Grealish, yeah. uh, so to speak. He, he was the shining light in that side. Um, three goals and one assist, I think, in, in four games in the German Cup as well. Um, yeah, he, he absolutely lit it up last season. And yeah, big, big links with him. Um, I think Werder Bremen actually dismissed a bid from Leipzig and that's that's put them off. And if, if you go on transfer marks, um, we're the only club that, that are apparently interested in him. Um, it's one that you, there was a Kosovan journalist, that I forget his name, that said, you know, went as far as saying that a fee has been agreed. Um, and the, the, the deal is, is really moving between the two clubs. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he can play off the left. He can play as a second striker. He's played a few games up front for Werder Bremen this season. So, yeah, man, like Milo is, is a player that, um, you know, if, you, if you're paying like 20 to 30 million pounds, then I, I think it would be a good one to get done, mate. I find it quite interesting as well because I've, I've seen a bit on sort of fan forums from Werder Bremen fans saying that, the club kind of ex, uh, um, expecting him to depart. Uh, and even, I, I believe, uh, their CEO, uh, when speaking about the potential of signing Chung from Manchester United on loan, has admitted that Chung and Rashidza are different players, uh, but kind of acknowledged the fact that he is still a replacement for Rashidza. Um, and obviously, the, the bids have been rebuffed from Leipzig. Um, I believe they only bid 15 million euros and then followed up with a secondary 20 million euros, which when you obviously convert that to pounds, it seemed a lot cheaper than what we're hearing over here in the UK, 35 million pounds, apparently, you know, we were hearing in January and, and things like that. So hopefully we're not overpaying, but it's a transfer that I definitely want to see over the line. I mean, if, you, if you've seen him play, like Dan and I, big fans of the Bundesliga, can't claim to be an expert on Bremen, but I've seen him a few times and I'm sure everyone has seen the, uh, the humbling of Jerome Boateng uh, go, doing, doing the rounds on Twitter. So, you know, it's, it's this genuine pace that we just need to get in the side. And he's a live wire. Uh, so, you know, to, to any Villa fans who haven't seen him play, um, you know, I, I think from me and Dan, absolutely, we, we, we want to get this guy over the line. Um, which again, I think would lead us nicely talking talking about pace. One that we heard last night, Dan, is a bit of a strange one actually. Uh, Oberfembe from Southampton, the Republic of Ireland international, very pacey forward. Uh, I've got to be honest, I like what I've seen of him. To be honest, Dan, he uh, he seem, he's he's a dynamic striker. He's very quick, very elegant on the ball as well, likes to play on the shoulder, hasn't really got a lot of regular game time at Southampton. And for £10 million, it kind of, it doesn't really seem like much of a gamble, to be honest. 
No, this is a, a, again a deal that I, I like, mate. Um, you know, we're going to see what you know. We're, we've seen a few rumblings of, of a potential loan uh, or opponent deal for for Keenan Davis after Preston. I, I don't really think Alex Mata has too much of a future at the club, and um, again, just fits the profile of these these young players with, with high resale values and big potentials. Um, that that Villa seem, seems to be angling towards, and no, for, you know he scored some good goals for Southampton. He scored against some big sides as well. I seem to recall a goal, a goal against Spurs last season. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he's exactly the, the the kind of player that uh, again just adds pace to that front line. Is going to add, add some hunger and some design. Uh, just you know, as you said, although he hasn't been the most consistent striker for Southampton, that's not to his own detriment. That's because Danny Ings has gone and put in a ludicrous yeah. 19 goals in the league or something like that. So, you know, you can't judge the lad for a lack of game time this season. Um, but no, it, you know, it's, it, there's a little bit of Premier League now, so there's a point to prove. Um, and yeah, if, if you're looking at again for about 20, uh, you know, 10 million pounds for a player that's under the age of 23, that has scored goals in the Premier League, uh, and is one of those real live wires that we just seem to be lacking at the club, then um, yeah, again, again, um, something that I'm in favour for, and I think he'd do well. It's an interesting one because I think half of the issue with Villa, you could argue, over the past eight years is the obvious lack of genuine pace uh you know only ever having really one potential outlet of of, of just pure speed uh, i mean even even if you look at like trezeguet i know he clocks like the fourth highest sprint um in the premier league season against liverpool uh during lockdown but you know you look at trez el Ghazi, it's not much genuine pace really you, you don't look at them and and, I, and I'm sure defenders aren't terrified when they're running at them um but you know it i think having pace is you're halfway there then, you know, you're, you're, you're instantly going to be creating more chances when you've got quicker players because you can exploit the space better, you can get to the byline and you're just naturally going to create more chances. So it, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, £10 million is very cheap, albeit he hasn't played a lot of football. But again, you know, he's a Republic of Ireland international. Uh, he's quick. He's, I don't want to say proven in the Premier League, but played in the Premier League. And that surely counts for something. Um, especially when you look at other transfers, like, you know, Ben Rama still isn't going away, but whilst you know we're kind of hearing bits and bits about Saeed, it seems like the noise is getting louder and louder with Ollie Watkins down. And this is, again, someone who is just genuinely so exciting. We spoke about him on the last podcast, but we've got to do it again. We've got to speak about Ollie Watkins because, you know, there's been a lot of talk, people pretending to be in the know, saying he's in the belfry when really he's in, you know, Mykonos with his missus. Uh, but this is a deal that, again, I'm just so excited for and I hope Villa can get done. Yeah, well... Um... This is a deal, as you said, that's been been rumbling on, and you know we went into detail a lot about it on the last podcast. But you know, I like that the players that we're signing are a very similar profile. They've got a lot of flexibility and um, a lot of versatility in terms of the positions that they can play. Real swingman players, um, and I think that lends itself well to um, you know we can drop Jack and we have that ability to drop Jack back into centre mid because Oli can play off the left. Milo Rashitska can play through the middle. Abafemi, I think, can play off the, off the wing and as a nine as well. So, you know, it gives us that ability to chop and change with Jack as, as and when we please. Um, it's interesting that 
you know, they're all very similar players. You know, it yeah. seems to be where I wouldn't expect all three of these deals to go through, um, kind of or one, two um, sort of sort of thing. Um, and But no, Ali Watkins is, is someone that I've seen a lot of Villa players down in. And I get the concerns, you know, saying that, you know, we need to distance ourselves from the championship and be going after Premier League, Premier League pedigree. But um, that, that doesn't have to be the way, you know. I, I think it was our... Um, or in, it was either Cal or, or Don from Heart of the Holt uh, broke down Leicester's recruitment uh, and, you know, just how well Harvey Barnes made that step up yeah. just, just last season. You know, we've, we've seen countless players um, come up and, and just acclimatise to the Premier League and go on to, to do really well. Um, and so, yeah, Ali's a player that uh, I think, you know, is, is certainly people are going to take a little bit convincing with, but, you know, his goal record improving season on season, yeah, I think it was it's like 26 goals, eight assists last season in the Championship, yeah. which, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a bit Jack teased us all, didn't he, with his secret yeah. agent with Tammy. Um, and um, Marva's been doing the bits, posting that uh, throwback picture with, with Rashidsko yeah. as well. So these players are doing my heart no good, mate. They're getting me way too excited. <laughs> Literally. I was about to mention the, uh, the, the secret agent uh, photo that we did, did all see on Jack's Instagram. See, I try not to... I see these things uh, often posted on Twitter. Uh, and I'm sure everyone who's watching or potentially listening would have seen the uh the screenshot of Rashitsa about to board a plane and someone decided to troll us all uh and and put BHX obviously Birmingham International over the photo and then post it on Twitter so I mean I don't follow Mila Rashitsa on Instagram I've got to admit because you know I, I like to follow Villa players and then you know players that I'm just generally interested in like you know you Ronaldo's Messi Isco's players like that uh so I go and search on Rashitsa's Instagram page and obviously he's not put BHX on, on the boomerang. He's uh, gone to Austria to join Werder Bremen's pre-season camp. So I fell for that one. So when I saw the agent, uh, secret agent comment, I thought this is like, there is no way Jack Grealish is doing this to us. Go and check on his profile. Obviously it's there. Now it's something that definitely split opinion on the last podcast. Dan, and I don't think we spoke about Tammy too much, but a lot of people in the comments were. I think we said we wouldn't want to pay more than 40 million. Um, both of, I think we both said that. To be honest, I've, I've slept on it a few times. I've thought about it. And I would absolutely pay 50 million pounds to Tammy Abraham. Now, I'm not in charge of, of these deals. I'm not the one writing these checks. So, you know, feel free to disagree, Villa, Villa fans, in the comments. But the more I think of it, the more I just really want Tammy. I, I, but again, we can't be greedy. We've only allegedly got this 100 million to spend. And I'm looking at the other players, Obafembi, um, Rashitsa, Watkins, Ben Rama. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to do my boy Wesley dirty. I think Wesley's got a future. So if we're going to sign three strikers, you know, what, what does that mean for Wes, Dan? Like, so I'm, I'm, it's, I guess it's a nice problem to have to think, oh, which striker can we buy? And which striker can we play that's, you know, in, you know, hopefully going to be insanely prolific. But I'm, I'm, I'm sat here and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit confused, to be honest, Dan. Well, to be honest with you, mate, the, the one takeaway that I, I took from that, that comment with Jack is that he's going nowhere. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, you can, if, if he's posting things like that and, you know, joking about recruiting players to the Villa, that's not recruiting players to replace him yeah. That's he wants to play with um, so Jack ain't going nowhere and I hope all the Man United fans can get pretty rolled up in the comments because I'm telling you boys he won't be wearing red next season 
Um, <laughs> Unless you have a red third kit. <laughs> no, of course, of course. <laughs> like, allow it. Um, but no, it, tell me, tell me, would be a, a great sign. It's one that I don't think will happen, unfortunately, as you said, just because it would take up just this huge proportion of our budget. And um, I think if you can go and sign, you know, I think you could get Watkins, Rishitska and Abafemi for the price you could get at Tammy Abraham. Uh, or, or near as makes no difference. Um, but we've so, been down that uh, route before, haven't we? Where we've n- not gone for the, let's say, proven, uh, you know, just look at the relegation year. Now, I'm by no means saying, well, I mean, we could get relegated. We were, we were three goals off being relegated this year. But uh, I think there is an argument to be made for, for Tammy. But I, as you say, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I, th- I think it's one that maybe maybe for the future when you know we're in a position to go and buy those luxury players i think the most you're going to see us spending on a on a player in this window is is a 30 at a push um just because as you said i think that that 100 million bench park is is probably going to prove pretty accurate and whilst that that does sound a lot and is probably bigger than a lot of other premier league clubs it's we're not in a position where we can go and buy two or three um, kind of 30, 40 million pound players, you know, we, we have to keep it. And, you know, if you're, we're looking at four or five between the region of 15 and 25 million pounds, um, then then I think that's the way it's got to go because there's there's real quality out there. Um, you know, I, and that's the only hesitation I have with paying these big fees for English players is I think if, if you look on the continent, uh, there's, there's really, really good value to be found. I mean, Absolutely. you know, Rashidska is English. His transfer fees like three, four times the, the cost. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you go into the continent, there, there are good players to be found. And I think we're, we're appointing um, scouts and the likes of Langer that, that operate in Europe and have operated in, in Europe. Even uh, Mackenzie, who we've just taken off Spurs, um, you know, his, his big transfers at Leicester all came from the continent. Your, your Kante is your yeah. Mara. And, and the like. Um, so I think the, the Europe is, is going to be where you see the, the majority of our players coming from. And, and that's where I think the, um, the values um, to be had. And um, just the last one, I, I think, mate, that we wanted to touch on was um, Gulam yeah. from Napoli, speaking of, uh, speaking of value. And, uh, mate, you know, we said that we wanted experience, we said that we wanted Naus. And um, you, you definitely get that him, don't you? Yeah, I've, he's he's been around for a while in in the Syria. Uh, I don't believe he's played that much this season due to having an ACL injury, which is something that should definitely be considered when you're making these transfers, you know. But uh, I I look at Gulam and I think, well, is he better than Target? Probably. Would he provide good competition? Most definitely. Would we be able to get him for cheap? I'd say so. Mm-hmm. So it you know again when when you say you've got you've got to look if we're making 25 million pound 30 million pound signings if you're going to try want to try and get a few more if you if you make three 30 million pounds or, or 25 million pound signings you've then got another 25 million if t- 10 of that's going on of a femi let's say uh you know anywhere from let's say five to ten maybe on gulam you wouldn't want to spend a lot he's 29 he's aging um and when you look at how much we pay for matt target he's absolutely going to be the future of the club at left back uh, you know, regardless of what any Villa fan says or thinks, uh, unless they somehow can get a return on investment, there, uh, you know, from selling, Matt targets at the club indefinitely. So, um, you know, I don't think it would be a terrible idea adding Gulam. He's uh, an Algerian international, uh, could potentially help with Ben Rama. You never know. 
you know, these things happen. You know, you get Elmo, Elmo convinced uh, Trez to come. It helps just having someone, you know, who could speak the language, who's a friend. Uh, so, you know, it, it could happen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so quick to turn my nose up at that kind of deal, to be honest, mate. Um, you know, the, I think if anything, this past week of Champions League football has proven that we, we absolutely are in no position to mock these other European clubs uh, and call their leagues farmers leagues because we've got two French and two German teams in the in the Champions League fi- uh, semi-finals. So uh, I definitely wouldn't be turning my nose up. You know, Napoli are a very good team. As I say, he's been fairly consistent over the past few years playing for them. Uh, not so much this season, but you know, if it was cheap or you know, even alone, look at you know the likes of Pepe Reina. I can't imagine Villa would want to pay much. But for Napoli, you know, and these other Italian teams that don't have as much money, a year off the wage bill for Gulam is probably A-OK for them, uh, I would suggest. So, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on it, Dan? Yeah, no, it's, it's a deal. I like to see with you, mate. You know, he, he's not exactly, you know, he, he's 29 years old. And so, um, you know, it would be one of those more experienced players. But, you know, two almost 200 appearances for Napoli um, playing in, in the Champions League and at the real four of, of, um, of Serie A. Um, it's, it's something that we're, we're just not in a position to say no to at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, no, I think we, we've seen, you know, this is probably going to be the end of, uh, of Taylor and Elmo and that fullback competition is needed. Um, and I think what we need to uh, try and avoid doing is putting a clear distance between Target and, you know, like we have at the moment with Target and Taylor, whereby you know absolutely nailed on that Target's going to be the one yeah. start and Neil's going to be the backup. We need to avoid those situations in the squad because I think you see players getting too comfortable and sort of assuming that, you know, take Target as a perfect example whereby he's got that price tag, you know, he's worth the money, he knows that he's, he's, you know, with a decent performance, he's going to be starting next week. Um, so I think you need to sign players of similar ability. And, you know, if you've got someone like Gulan coming in, that no, Target can learn a lot from. Yeah, um, Serie A is a different league. They demand different things of, of their defenders out in there. You know, it's, it's the most defensive league. You know, Italian national football tells you just how you know it's, it's typically defensive, and so the, the fullbacks aren't as um, bombarding as, as they are here in England. And so I think it would help target with his, his defensive now. Um, and yeah, as, as you say, mate. You know, I think um, we saw we saw um, Brighton make a similar signing in Joel Veltman. Um, yeah. What a deal that is, by the way. I mean, I know so you cheap know, as well. Nine hundred k, man, and the guy's paid almost two hundred times for um, for Ajax. Uh, you know, and you know, this is that's the kind of value I'm talking about. Yes, you know, he he's not. Um, you know, Maj, Majrawi uh, was the one that has been starting on that Champions League, and it's probably the better. But for nine hundred k, even if he comes in and gives you a couple of Premier League games and a few games in the cup, when you're signing a player of that experience for that little fee, it's such a no-risk transfer. And I don't think we'd be able to get Gulan for that little money. Um, but I, I think they provide similar values to a similar squad. Absolutely. And before we we round up the podcast, uh, I think we should mention the bizarre transfer rumor that I. Think Villa fans have seen in that Bournemouth want Scott Hogan. Now I am, I am a Scott Hogan fan. I'm in a minority. Uh, I think he's been very hard done by by Steve Bruce and the club, the transfer fee, and and just everything in general. I, I I do think Scott Hogan's a very good Championship striker. I genuinely have nothing against him, uh, and apparently willing to to use him in in a deal which could bring Callum Wilson to Villa Park. Which again, it's just. Insane value, experience, you're getting a heavy earner off the wages. 
it's again, it's a no brainer, Dan, surely. Yeah, man, I, I had to sort of, I was like, man, that's not real. I was like going on Villa report, like surely this is one of the fake Villa reports. Like this isn't, this isn't a real transfer. Um, and I know it, like that, yeah. that was, um, that's a weird one. But then again, when you, when you, you know, we're only saying that because we're Villa fans and we've, we've probably been the only club that's seen the bad side of Scott Hogan. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he went and did well at Blues. Uh, it's clear the championship is is his level. We need to get him off the wage bill. You know, there's there's a few players um, coming like that uh, that you know we we need to shift. And I do think it makes make sense for a, a club like Bournemouth to, to sign a striker like that um, because you know your Wilsons, your your Josh Kings uh, are going to be leaving. You, you know, you imagine in this window. You know, no club in the Premier League is going to say no to, to Callum Wilson as part of a swap deal. Um, the guy was an absolute bagsman. He's in, you know, he got his England caps. Uh, let's not forget. Um, and so, yeah, mate, this is it's an attractive deal. And um, you know, it's one of those where we've sort of seemingly identified our own targets in in that position. I don't think we were necessarily hunting for Callum Wilson, but if he's offered to you a, a better value that, you know, than some of the other yeah. ones, you know, then, you know, Bournemouth, Bournemouth aren't in a place to demand too high a fee. I don't think for these players, I mean, I know they've just sold Ake for 40 million, but let's not forget who they sold him to. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I think you could get a good value on this deal. And if, if Scott Hogan's going to knock uh, some of the value off that and make it an even cheaper prospect for a player that's worth very little to Villa, um, then, yeah, I, I, again, mate, I, I think if, if there's a deal to be struck there, I, I think that's definitely something worth looking into. Absolutely. And and again, finally, before we do end the podcast, what we did on the last podcast is we, I think we picked three players that we think would fit the bill at Villa. Uh, we're not going to do that this time because I've put Dan on the spot. Uh, so, Dan, before before I go, just one player from you that we may not have been linked with, but you think absolutely fits the bill, could be good value, just fit into the philosophy or whatever. Uh, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts because it's nice, it's nice to hear about all these players, I think that's the good thing about the transfer window. It's often a stressful time, especially for us when we're trying to create podcasts and videos and we're, you know, almost anticipating players coming so as we can prepare for that. Um, but, you know, it, if you could give us a player, um, that, you know, that, that Villa fans could, could discuss in the comments, that, uh, that'd be great. And then obviously I'll follow up with mine. Well, um, I, I saw some bizarre uh, stories earlier in the week, Mike, and it actually got me thinking of this, uh, this very scenario. Um, was, it was an interesting one. It was that Valencia have apparently put their entire squad up for sale, bar Jose Gaia. I don't know why, just <laughs> but apparently everyone at Valencia is for sale apart from their left back. Um, and, you know, I wasn't really, I was like, you know, surely not. But then Ferran Torres left. Um, they let Danny Parejo go for free. I couldn't believe that. That's a to, weird transfer. To Villarreal, Villarreal, a great side. They finished fifth. Unai Emery's in charge there. You know, the times are really changing for the yellow submarine. And so, um, Danny Parejo is, is one of the finer midfielders in La Liga. He's, you know, so two-footed, brilliantly technical, one of the better free-kick takers in, in world football. And they've let him just go for free. Uh, Francis Coquelin is apparently going to be following him. And that was actually the player that I was going to 
put forward and say that Coquelin, if, if you're looking for one of those base holders of the midfield um, that can allow you McGinn's, your Douglas's, Jacks to go and be creative and really anchor that side, then um, I, I was going to look at him. And so uh, my answer to your question, mate, is uh, anyone that plays for Valencia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, actually, because I was also going to mention a Valencia player um and i've been thinking about this you know for the past week you know when you look at um deals like tiago going to liverpool uh matuidi going to inter miami which is a big sign and i know me and you have spoke about uh inter miami a lot just sort of off the podcast generally as, as, as an interest um and and i was trying to think is there a player that's kind of in, you know, their peak, their, their their twilight years that Villa could potentially sign from a European giant. But then I thought, obviously, that's not going to fit the bill. Uh, so I, I thought, well, who could Villa go for? Again, trying to look for value. Uh, I didn't realise the whole Valencia squad were for sale until you just mentioned it. But I was thinking Maxi Gomez, a player who we were linked with last summer, um, Uruguayan striker, can kind of play as a 10 as well. Uh, I think just generally would, would be a good sign and I think again if you're looking for a centre forward and I'm not by any means trying to get Wes out of the equation but I think you know I think they'd be a, a formidable strike part, uh, partnership yeah man, Max is a beast um, you know he, he was doing uh, bits of Celta Vigo before he, he got that transfer um, his agent actually confirmed that there was contact from Villa uh, before uh, he chose Valencia, um, which pained me, man. That, that was tough. Yeah. I love Max Uh He had a good season uh, at, at Valencia, um, you know, and he really tandems that, you know, Valencia play a 4-4-2, and, you know, that's, that's a pretty unusual formation for, for that league and stuff like that, and it's not really typically Valencia, but that's what they do, and they, they partner Rodrigo or, or Gamiero with Maxi Gomez, and he's your typical hold-up striker, and he really does fit Villa's, Villa's profile for, for that kind of striker, and um, yeah, no, Maxi Gomez would be a, a great player, man. I don't think um, Valencia are terribly, terribly run um, you know that it's it's really they're a really poorly run club. They've had so many problems with the ownership over the years. You know they, they've had some really low finishes, uh, and are a club in the doldrums. And um, yeah, I promise you, I'm not making this up. You can they were reporting on it. Uh, Marco reported on it as well. Apparently, wow. their whole apart from Jose Gaia, which is an interesting one, um, is, is up for sale. And so yeah, man, Maxi would be a, a great fit for us. And yeah, if you could put him up from Wes, man, two absolute battering runs up there, man. Uh, yeah, I'd like Literally. to see that. Just absolutely destroying Premier League defences. Defenders yeah. like Eric Garcia won't have an idea, will they? <laughs> I think that's a good note to end the podcast on, Dan. We've talked about plenty of players again. So, you know, whilst we haven't signed anyone yet, there's still so much to look forward to. It's genuinely really exciting to see the kind of players that we're linked to. Uh, so in the comments below, if you guys would let us know uh, your thoughts on the players we've been linked with and the players who me and Dan have suggested, or if, even if you guys have a suggestion, we'd like to hear that in the comments below. Uh, you know, we really do appreciate the comments. We read all of them. We may not get the time to reply to all of them, uh, but you know, we, we do see every single one. Uh, so yeah, that would be brilliant if you could do that and uh, obviously subscribe for more. We have been, uh, the channel's been doing really nicely. It's, it, we're kind of in a position now where we, because things change every day, you know, one day we could be linked with Rashitza tomorrow. We could, you know, uh, there's, there's absolutely a no go. So we're trying to keep these as frequent, but also make sure that the news that we're delivering you is, is still also relevant because I think that is important. Um, and again, any sort of, uh, 
any anything that we spoke about really on the podcast is is stuff that has been reported on uh by tabloids journalists things like that you know so take what we say with a grain of salt uh, especially with the latter transfers that we did speak about from valencia uh that is all just personal opinion uh so yeah if you guys did enjoy this podcast and you're listening watching on youtube hit the like button comment your thoughts below and subscribe if you're listening on spotify anchor apple podcasts or whatever leave a review that does really help uh, from what I've heard uh, and yeah keep your eyes peeled hopefully we've got a new kit with a new signing coming soon guys up the villa Jester's essential to fulfilling this got potential it's the main man a hero he's the main leader of the gang Jester Jester he's the main leader of the gang now